0: The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com/give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, episode number 68. Captain the bridge.
1: Spock here. Speaking of. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk.
0: found in all the star trek tv series movies and more today we're discussing the deep space nine episode a man alone and joining me today is jimmy aiken hi jimmy howdy dom so uh we are missing father Corey this week uh, he has some uh duties uh from being pastor uh, that he's has has to take care of uh as uh captain of his uh starship parish he's got to uh lead there and uh, not join us this week, so uh, but he'll be back next time, which uh, will be good. Before we get into this uh, week's episode, I do want to encourage everyone, if you are listening to this, you know, if someone shared a file with you, or if you're listening on our website, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can get uh, podcasts, and on your favorite podcast app. You can also listen on YouTube, uh, if you go to the SQPN YouTube channel, where if you do subscribe, be sure to hit the bell to get notifications. So A Man Alone, it's uh, the next Deep Space Nine episode in the first season. I have to say, Jimmy, that Mm -hmm. my recollection of the first season of Deep Space Nine was that there wasn't very many good episodes. Yeah, Um, I don't know how you feel about this one. I kind of like this one. It wasn't great, Mm -hmm. but I kind of like it. And it's kind of funny. I think my memory of that first season is is completely impacted by uh, Run Along Home. (laughs) <laughs> oh, long home uh, okay <laughs> that is completely undermined my my memory of the season yeah
1: even worse than that is the one where o'brien has to become the storyteller in this reverse psychology on a village thing and it that's just that one's the worst to me that stands out in my memory Was that also first season uh, i'm pretty sure yeah
0: oh okay okay
1: this one is not aggressively bad in that way yeah uh, and of course people will know longtime listeners that Deep Space 9 is actually yours mine and father Corey's favorite of all the Star Trek series that's right but like a lot of series it has a shaky early season and and this this episode I think doesn't really it's not aggressively bad but it I have in my notes that it doesn't really gel because yes. what's happening is they're doing so much world building. This is a very early episode. They're trying to introduce us to lots of things. There, so instead of a normal thing where you'd have a normal episode where you'd have an A plot and a B plot and maybe a few little character moments sprinkled throughout, this has like, I don't know, five different subplots that are happening in it. And we spend so much time jumping from one to another. That there's no time to emotionally invest in any right. one of these things, and the episode comes off kind of flat to me.
0: Well, I mean, it's there's some things that seem so disconnected. Like, let's just talk about like the the teas uh, of this episode. This yeah, this pre credit teaser where we have Dax in a hollow suite playing a brain a, teaser game, a blobby meditation
1: game. Yeah, right. She's got this big blob that's in front of her, and she's mentally manipulating
0: it. And then Bashir. But barrels into this uh, and starts hitting on her in that embarrassing, pre to way that he jerk. has. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I'm I'm thinking about what's the purpose of this scene? It has no connection to the rest of the episode.
1: Yeah, the, this is world building. Um, what or in terms of the characters, anyway? What right. this is doing? Because it, he's not Julian and Dax aren't the only characters in this. Cisco shows up and. Dax goes off with Cisco, leaving Julian alone to play the Blobby meditation game. And what this is doing is introducing us to the character dynamic between these three figures and how they interact at this point in their character arcs. Right. Where you have it shows us that Dax is this cool woman who is not interested in a relationship with anybody right now. It shows us that Julian has the hots for Dax, but he's also intimidated by. Um, Captain Sisko, who is his, uh, who is an old friend of Dax, and he thinks Dax is going to be romantically interested in Sisko. And they then play with that later in the episode. Is Dax interested in Sisko or not? It turns out not. We have Dax and Sisko later reconnecting with each other now that, uh, Curzon is no longer the host and Jadzia is. Right. And so this is all explaining to us how trill relationships work and also how these particular people fit together. And so that's all that blobby meditation scene was for, was to get us into this character dynamic.
0: Right. There'll be a couple scenes throughout the episode where, where some of that stuff plays out, I guess. Yeah. And this is, again, the third episode of this series. And we've got this, this the only time we've seen Trill before, they were different in in the next generation. So they're really trying to establish what is it like to, to, to have these connections with the Trill, I guess. Um, in and, and, and it establishes that separation. Cisco and Dax are friends, and 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 he sees her as, you know, the the continuation of Kurasan. Whereas uh, Bashir sees her as um, Jadzia, this cute girl that he wants to to be romantically involved with. Although even here, I think she's older than him, like mm-hmm. it's considerably. It's it's very mm. strange. It's it, it's very it's very uncomfortable watching it. Even I remember even back then when it was first airing, how aggressively embarrassing <laughs> Bashir is. is. Yeah, yeah. In, in this first season. So, uh, so it's very interesting how he changes over the course of the series. It becomes very. I, I I really enjoy Bashir later on, but early yeah. on, yeah. So, post credits, we have this scene in Ops. I think it's no, no. I'm sorry, in Quarks. Yeah. And it plays out. It's like a stage play. You have three different stories that play out in different parts of the same set. I thought that was. I thought that was very nice. I thought. I feel like the director, um, uh, Paul Lynch. I don't know what else he's directed for DS9, but I, I felt like he was playing with this set that they have. This really great set that they they have for for Deep Space Nine, uh, which is unlike most of the other series that we've we've or unlike TNG, frankly, uh, which is the other series we had. Uh, we had this great set piece. Of Quark's uh, bar, and so we have a few things that happen. We have Quark and Odo, um, and I do notice that, by the way, Quark's in early days was very smoky.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Despite the fact no one is smoking.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we also have Keiko and Miles arguing. There, you know, in another yep. part of the bar, uh, where she's unhappy to be there, and this is another thread that's going to run through this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she's unhappy to be on Deep Space Nine. And um, Quark says she doesn't like it here, and Odo says, who does? Which is an interesting character. Yeah, I don't want to
1: say that to the viewing audience. (laughs)
0: Yes, I know. It's interesting, uh, even from a writer point of view.
1: As you're Uh, trying to get them invested in your series.
0: Right. Um, Odo and Quark talk about how uh, relationships compromise you. Uh, That was actually kind of a funny moment where Odo's talking about, you want to watch the sports ball tournament, and she wants to. You know, uh, I go out to dinner, so you compromise and go out to dinner. <laughs> like Quark, Odo has a very has a very negative view of of uh, marriage and relationships. I have to say,
1: at this point,
0: at this point, that's right. Yeah. Um, Notice
1: this is also more more series building here. We've got it being established that Odo and Quark are not on the same team, but they get along. And yes. then we have the marital difficulties of the O'Briens, and we also have Dax and Cisco doing their bonding thing. And then we have this Bajoran guy. Who shows that- up, yeah. Who shows up, and we don't know who he is, but Odo, like, totally freaks out about it. Yeah. And um, it turns out his name is Ibudan, and he's a black marketeer and murderer, we are told. Although we never see any actual, well, I guess we eventually get evidence for murder, but we, we've we got some informed attributes here.
0: Right, to, right.
1: To get us into this story.
0: Yeah, Odo, like, confronts him and tells him, you know, get off my station you have twenty four hours in uh twenty six yeah i'm sorry twenty six yes the Bajoran day, and he says "You can't tell me to do that I know my rights, and Odo says I decide who has rights here and uh and then gets in a fight uh, with him until Cisco shows up to break it up
1: and this is embarrassing for odo as a peace officer this is as embarrassingly this is more unprofessional actually right of odo than Julian was being unprofessional I mean he was being a bit of a jerk in his private life, but he wasn't he wasn't doing something that was contrary to his medical profession. Yeah. Odo should understand the rules that govern this space station,
0: right? And and it, you can understand, like Odo under the Cardassians, that may have been true. Like he mm-hmm. decided who had rights in under the law because Cardassian law is a wholly different creature than Bajoran or Federation or Earth laws. Uh, and and it's like he's getting used to, or he has to uh, you know learn to adapt to the new way of doing things where he doesn't, he doesn't decide who has rights. I mean, Odo is justice without, you know, like all justice, no mercy in Mm -hmm. that sense. Pretty Uh, close
1: to that. Yeah. Uh, Not really because he actually does have mercy and especially on the quark, but right, right. But yeah, he, but Cisco has to call him on the carpet about it back in his office and say, you cannot take the law into your own hands. And if you can't operate within the rules, I'll have to find someone who can. So he threatened
0: to fire him. Right. Odo, Odo has this this moment, he says, The law, Commander, laws change depending on who's making them. Cardassians one day, Federation the next, but justice is justice, and as long as I'm in charge of security, and that's when Sisko uh, jumps in and says, uh, You don't have to be in charge of security if you can't follow my laws, you know, the Federation yeah. laws. So he, he kind of calls him on that.
1: We also get... A little more information about the O'Briens and what's going on with them. As you said, Keiko doesn't like it on the station because there's nothing for her to do. She's a botanist. Uh, as a botanist, yeah. And I'm going. Well, I don't know. You got a whole big planet right under you. You could study. Right on Bajor. but Miles tells her he's willing to put in for a transfer. Yep. Um, which would harm his career, but it uh, if if he took another assignment at this point for some reason. Well, but he's willing to do that too for quickly.
0: Her. You know, he. Hmm? they only just got there. So if he were to, to request a reassignment, you know, that would be seen as, yeah. you know, not. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I get that.
1: Also, more series building. Here's another plot thread for us to have this episode. We're going to have to follow. Jake meets Nog for the first time.
0: Right. And Nog doesn't like him at first. He's yeah. not receptive to being friends. And Jake's like, look, you know, there aren't other kids our age here. You know, if you want a friend, I'm it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh and of course that that'll be, you know, that'll be uh, yet another great relationship through the series, but it it doesn't have a great start. Uh you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's kids getting in trouble and not yeah. being sort you know, Ferengi are bad sort of thing, you know, that that sort of it's not great. Um so we finally get to the whole point of the episode, which is the a
1: plot, which is much diminished with all these other plots going on around it,
0: right? Exactly. Uh, we see Ibu in a hollow suite getting a massage, and someone comes in and murders him. He's, he's stabbed, uh, you know, uh, while he's on the on the massage table. Um, so. Before we get to the to the investigation before we get back to that, we have right. more diversion
1: onto other, other subplots. So <laughs> right, I was say we, that. we have Jake and, and Nog uh have these gr- Garanian bolites that they play a prank with. They release them onto people and it causes them to itch and have flashes of color on their face.
0: Yes, they turn bright blue and orange and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, we also then have uh, more discussion of trills and romance, and Jadzia reveals that trills don't like romance, and I'm going,
0: Mm.
1: how do you reproduce if, I mean, (laughs) normally in most species, that's uh, the equivalent of romance is to get them to
0: reproduce. Well, like the first, again, in TNG, when we saw trill the first time, you know, with Dr. Crusher, I mean, yeah. There was a romance. There was a romance. Uh, and then Jadzia, well, you know, and then Curzon, even like the stories about Curzon. Curzon was, you know, famous for romancing, you know, uh, la- the ladies. So, yeah, yeah it's just, I mean, maybe it was her uh, Jadzia was trying to get rid of uh, 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 Bashir, maybe. No, they don't <laughs>
1: tell us that.
0: Yeah, they don't. Uh, also,
1: and then we jump to another subplot with, oh, now we have Keiko is in the captain's quarters with Jake and discussing how the station needs a school. Right. So even though she's never taught before, she's going to become a schoolmarm and give the kids lots of busy work because they actually can study more efficiently the way things are right now. But they need structured activity so they won't get into trouble. So they need busy work.
0: Right, right. Uh, and then we get back to the to the uh, a plot, which is um, Odo in Kira and Cisco and Bashir are in the Hollow Suite with Ibadan's body on the floor. And Odo's relaying the circumstances of the murders, you know, kind of running down the, you know, what happened, uh, who checked in. It's a classic locked door murder mystery, essentially. Yeah. There's No evidence of anyone coming in, but someone did go out. So and no one beamed in. We have to, you know, establish that at Star Trek. Um, and the murderer knew Bajoran anatomy, knew just where to strike with one blow. So that's that. That establishes. Okay. So how did someone get in there? Uh, in the beginning, and, and you know, to kill him, but, but and then got out. You know, this, so the, and the Odo
1: points out the obvious that, or what seems obvious, that there's no way for anyone to do this unless they're a shapeshifter,
0: right? He immediately, you know, points a finger at himself. Yeah. Um, Although, I'm thinking, actually, there should be this thing. This, com-
1: if holodecks are generating matter around you to create the illusion of this environment. They should be tracking every real object in there, yes, and and have have a clear scan of what it looks like in order to materialize matter around it. So right. you should be able. I mean, uh, there ought to functionally be the equivalent of a security cam running in every holodeck as
0: soon as you turn it on. Right. I mean, if you're going to commit a murder in the in a holodeck, there should be like a a, a part where. The murderer erases the holodeck log or something like that. I mean, it's, yeah. you got to you got to cover that base. Um, meanwhile, a Bajoran shopkeeper uh, who was with um, Ibudan in in uh, Quark's, he comes forward to Cisco and Kira and tells them that he was that Ibudan told him he was afraid that Oda would kill him. because you know again because uh, so, we we kind of uh, went quickly past it. Ibudan wasn't just a block black marketeer; he gouged pe- the Bajoran people. For medical supplies, and let a child die when her parents couldn't pay him for the medical supplies. So that that was that's Odo's supposed motivation here for hating yeah. Ibadan.
1: with a typical Hollywood understanding of price gouging. <laughs>
0: right, right. Uh, Odo uh, then goes to Ibadan's quarters on the ship that brought him to DS Nine. Uh, Ibadan had been in a in a Cardassian prison and was recently released. Um, and it turns out they were double accommodations, dun because dun, dun. he didn't just want more room. Like, <laughs> OK, whatever. Uh, well, in but, fairness,
1: they do point out maybe he just wanted more room.
0: Right, right, right. Uh, and then uh, the, Odo finds an entry in uh, Ibadan's calendar that's showing that he had an appointment with Odo, which Odo, of course, does not recall. Um, so And uh, Odo
1: was in his bucket at the time, so he knows he didn't kill this guy.
0: Right. Uh, but the, he has
1: the, no witnesses that he was in his bucket. Apparently, he doesn't have security cams in his own quarters.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, if I were head of security, I don't think I would either. <laughs> really? I think I'm a target. I want them. I'd have security around the perimeter, but not in it.
1: Hmm. You know. Still, uh, it should show you coming in and not leaving.
0: Yeah, that's true. Although, as a shapeshifter, he can get in and out of places. Yeah. As, you know, as as we've yeah. established with the house. Um, and then we have that scene where uh, Cisco and Keiko are talking about the school, and one of the things Cisco brings up is, is he warns her, A, I can o- I can't make anyone send Go their to kids school. to your school, and B, you're going to have to deal with different cultures. And that's going to be important at the end of this season, of course, Yeah, uh, when we have the instruction of Kai Win or not, not Vedek Win at the time.
1: Um, I I, I love how naive both the writers and Keiko are in this scene, because Keiko is like, I can't imagine any parent not welcoming the idea of a school opening here. I'm going, how about all the homeschoolers that are on the station right now? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And then she's like, we're going to need supplies for this school. And Cisco's like, well, what do you need? Oh, we'll need space. Okay, you'll have it. We'll need computers. You'll have it. That's like asking for paper.
0: <laughs> yes, this is the 24th I mean, century. As <laughs> soon as you've got space, computers come with it. That's right. Right. It, it's Yeah. In Star Trek, yeah, everything comes with, with computers. Um. So, and in fact, they do have, uh, they do show there is some resistance to Keiko's idea from some of the. Considerable. She yep. gets
1: no commitments up front.
0: Right. Right. It, other I mean, than it, Jake. And again, she's not a teacher, she's a botanist. So there's mm-hmm. there's a little bit of naivete. I I I do like again this Cisco and Jake uh interaction, uh father-son uh interaction here. I kind of enjoy that. I've always mm-hmm. that's one of the, my favorite things about the series is that interaction between the father and the son and how uh yeah, Cisco forbids Jake from hanging around with Nog anymore, which it's it's amusing cause, Yeah, you know, like that's that going to stick. Yeah. Uh, then we find out that uh, Bashir uh, reveals that he found no other DNA in the hollow suite where Ubadan was killed other than Ubedan and those who were there after the murder. And then that's when Odo implicates himself as the only p- person who could have got, uh, got in. Um, uh, then he admits he has no alibi. This is where he admits he doesn't have an alibi. And then then we get Keiko talking to Rom uh, about Nog at the school. And this is a very is interesting moment.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I like this.
0: Well, and especially because Rom here is played by the same actor who will who will play Rom throughout the series, but this Rom is very different from the Rom yes. we will get in the second season.
1: He's not the lovable, cute, bumbling guy who w- ends up haplessly becoming Grand Nagus at this point. He's right. much cold. He's much colder, more distant, and xenophobic.
0: Yes, much more Ferengi. Much more articulate.
1: And it's also part of, uh, you can see why he would fail a- in business um, here, because he is so xenophobic in a hospitality industry. Right. <laughs> I mean Quark is much more outgoing and happy and let's please the customer. Right, right. But uh, I do like, what I like about this scene is that Keiko, they're taking seriously the fact that cultures are different and Keiko's going to have to work with people from multiple cultures if she's going to do this school thing. So uh, she has done some homework on Ferengis and how they educate, and she is, of course, she's telling Rom what he already knows, but she says, I understand that you Ferengi employ a work-study approach with apprenticeships, and that makes tons of sense for Ferengi. Right. And then she uses that to argue why Rom should send Nog to her school. In Ferengi terms, things that will appeal to Ferengi, not this abstract knowledge to learn about other cultures for its own sake thing. It's think of the business advantages that will come to your son (laughs) if he's learned about other cultures and he'll have a leg up on all the other Ferengi. And so like, Rom gets that as a motive.
0: So I like this part. And she has his knowledge, is power, Mr. (laughs) Rom. So... (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And then he he says, "Well, it won't work." And why not? Because you're female. And yeah, my, my, I know. We immediately
1: can't... get to Ferengi sexism.
0: Yeah, but uh, so he promised. I'll think about. It. Yeah, 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 go. Away. I'm busy. Uh, and then we have uh, in the in the same scene with the in the bar, we have this Bajoran shopkeeper named Zera, who is starting to incite people against Odo. Um, you know, what do we know about him anyway? He's not one of us. He he used to work for the Cardassians. Which actually is an interesting point. Like, the mm-hmm, fact is, yep. is Odo worked for the Cardassians under the occupation. Now, Kira ad- has addressed this. And in fact, I think she addresses it in this episode that, sure, he was head of security, but he was fair. Like, he wasn't a, a collab. Mm-hmm. In fact, Quark says it here. He may have been ill-tempered and overbearing, but he was no Kardashian collaborator and he's no killer. You know, he, he was fair. Notice,
1: Qu- Notice Quark is sticking up for Odo here. Thus right. revealing how much
0: he actually likes Odo. Yes, yeah, and you know, and it's not just because he feels like he can, you know, beat Odo in his his mm-hmm. criminal enterprises, uh, which he doesn't anyway. So, or at least some of them. Um, and then we get this: there's a shifty-looking Bajorans in a hood and a cloak sitting nearby. Who might that be? <laughs> yeah, yes, dun, dun, dun. it's very, very uh, 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 cleverly disguised. Uh, he'll come up later. So the Bajorans go to complain to Cisco in ops. Uh, Kira doesn't like it, but Cisco knows that you can't have the prime suspect running the investigation, and Odo understands it as well. I, I, I love I love
1: the—I mean, a lot of this is comes across as paint-by-numbers writing to me. Right. Um, but I, I love how Dax points out that if Odo's in charge of the investigation of himself, it, quote— could still seem like a conflict of interests. Close <laughs> quote. And I'm like, no, it flat out is a <laughs> conflict of interest to be in charge of your own criminal investigation. Right,
0: right, right. <laughs> so um, then we, we have uh, Bashir going on board the 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 the, the freighter where uh, Ibadan came from, where he had his quarters were, and he's vacuuming up samples of you know debris in the room or, or of some sort. And he discovers that Ibadan was doing some kind of medical experiment on his ship, he says. Yeah, um, he says
1: he has a bio-sample container. And at that moment, I said, Ibadan cloned himself and killed the clone.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which is, you know, the, the classic, you know, kill ex- your twin. Uh, yeah, track.
1: explaining the double occupancy of why he needed the extra space in the freighter.
0: Right. He does. He says, Bashir at one point says, the complex proteins are breaking down into DNA fragments. I'm like, that's not how that works.
1: I uh, know the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not how Those... proteins and DNA
1: work. It must be really complex proteins if it's built out of DNA fragments. It can break down into.
0: Yeah, it's the the DNA is breaking into DNA fragments. <laughs> that's what DNA fragments are. Oh my gosh, that was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah it's it, they. Hopefully, I think they got their uh, science Andre Bormanis, their science consultant, working um, uh, on this stuff later in the series. Uh, cisco confirms with odo that he's temporarily removed from duty odo takes exception to cisco telling him that he doesn't believe he killed ubidon look i have to remove you i don't believe that you killed Ubadon, but i have to remove you from the investigation and odo's like why why don't you believe i killed him you should think i've killed him like odo was very like like very upset like i had every motive i had opportunity i had uh, you know so it's very interesting
1: it's also, so I had a few notes about this point in the episode. One is that Cisco puts Dax and Kira in charge of the investigation at this point. And I'm going, right. no, it should go to whoever is next in charge of security, unless that person is also compromised. Right. Um.
0: The, Who, who's mean, the uh the the uh, the Starfleet guy that will eventually be turned through the Maquis? Who's Odo's... Yeah.
1: He's not in the show yet. Okay. Okay. He's not so, there yet. All right. Yeah. But uh, so. Cisco relieves Odo of duty, and Odo then gets overly dramatic and Cisco's uh telling him it's I'm doing this you know not only for the sake of the investigation, but it's in your best interest too and I'm going, yeah, it is in Odo's best interest not to head his own investigation because right. he will forever have the cloud of you covered up for yourself if you do head the investigation and and Cisco is like. I don't believe you did it, but for the sake of form, we need to do it this way. And Odo does get, it's not, I, I didn't take it as Odo's telling him, you should definitely believe I did it for a fact.
0: Right, no. But
1: you have every reason to suspect me. You don't know me. Don't pretend to me that there's not some doubt in your mind. right? And that's a very reasonable point.
0: That's true. Yes, that that's thats how it comes across. It's, he's... You know, don't patronize me for either. Like, you know, to pretend that you don't have some reason to suspect me. Uh, so Odo heads back to his office on the promenade where the Bajorans, you know, are talking about him. That that's him. They found his DNA, and it's like, well, of course that's him. It's not like a very large station where people don't recognize the head of security who's a shapeshifter, the only one of his kind. Uh, that's him. Uh, but he gets he, back to his office, and uh, it's th- it's been vandalized yeah. again. And no love- security cameras. I know it's like
1: this is the head security office, and you don't have security cameras recording who vandalized it. That <laughs> right. is ridiculous. Also, I don't particularly like the uh, the graffiti that's been painted on the walls. They haven't yet settled on what on on what uh, racially derogatory terms to use for Odo yet, and yes. so it just says "shifter" on the
0: wall. <laughs> yes, and they'll be <laughs> chanting at that at him later. And it just uh, it's kind of weird. It, it's not yeah. menacing. It's just weird. Uh, Quark shows up, and they uh, verbally spar a little bit. And, um, and, and
1: it's so clear in this scene they are best frenemies.
0: Yes, yes. And in fact, um, Quark, he, Odo says to Quark, you think you could use a shapeshifter in your organization? And Quark's like, oh, oh, you had me going. And I'm, I'm thinking, was Odo at all serious when he asked? It, it felt like he was half serious, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to have to leave this job uh you know, now, and maybe I should go work for Quark. I felt like there was like, that was in, the implication was that he was really mm-hmm. thinking about it. And then when Quark said, oh, you had me go in there, that he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not serious.
1: Yeah, I, I I thought the same thing. It feels like he's not committing to it, but he's exploring the idea of working right. for Quark.
0: But it does turn out that even Quark is trying to find out who really killed Ubadon. Again, the, the frenemy uh, thing. And gives him some key information about you know Ibadan's time in prison and perhaps who he was in prison with. That was that becomes an important piece of evidence uh, later, an important clue. Um, then uh, we have Cisco uh, accidentally invites Bashir to lunch. <laughs> uh, the Cisco's trying to take Dax to lunch and she's too busy with the investigation. And, Sis, and Bashir's like, "Oh, uh, I'll come," and so invites himself. And uh, and they talk about Dax. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know how many hosts Dax has had. and Which
1: is implausible. Right. I mean, Cisco should know how many hosts Dax
0: has had. Right. Is this the 12th Doctor or the 11th Doctor? <laughs> Cisco, would, uh, he guesses that Jadzia is the sixth host, which I think is what they established as. No, no. Uh, we later established that there was another one that is that was suppressed mm-hmm. because it was um, in- um insane yeah. person. Spoilers. Uh but Sisko does make it clear that he has no romantic interest in dax and and in fact it tells the Bashir go for it, you know if she's interested, go for it so um apparently that's mm-hmm. Bashir's thing um Odo comes to the bar and uh everybody leaves in- including morn, who at this point is not is is not the the silent good guy that we know him to be later on uh, yeah but is just He's another just one of the aliens. silent. yeah yeah morn never i, I like I like how they always they eventually establish Morn as he's this guy who never shuts up, was always talking, and yet they, he never says a word the entire series, all seven seasons on screen. Yeah. I, I just love that about the about the uh, the character. Um, so we get uh, Keiko setting up her new school, uh, the yeah, school with room.
1: images from the Starfleet Medical Manual that was published in the nineteen seventies that I had a copy of as a kid.
0: Oh, excellent, excellent. And while they're in there, the Bajorans uh, start attacking Odo on the promenade. And, and this, is, this is a very poorly thought out lynch mob, <laughs> yes. as,
1: as becomes evident to the members of the lynch mob when they start to debate exactly what they're going to do to the shapeshifter yep. once they've got him. We should
0: hang the shapeshifter. No, that won't work. <laughs> He'll turn into a rope. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what do you do to a shapeshifter to, to uh, lynch him?
1: Also if Odo has been relieved of duty he should not be sitting in his security office where right. this mob finds him he should be in his quarters or somewhere right. else anywhere but where the investigation should be based
0: right. and like you know he's again he's not the only security officer on on the station there should be other security officers who could sit in there um, and I, I was also thinking this is going to get real awkward on board the the station when Odo was cleared. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, s- sorry about the whole lynching thing later. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was, I just got cut up. Then we have the obligatory action sequence, followed by the captain giving us the obligatory lecture about not condemning those who are different from us.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, the, we want justice. In you know, Cisco, is it justice you're after, or just some way to express your anger? what what are you, what are you all angry about again oh that 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 odo was supposedly killed this child murderer, yeah, black marketeer I mean, why are we mad again? yeah, I mean, if the security chief has murdered somebody, then that's bad, but like a mob yeah. it just doesn't you know he did yeah, not yeah, what not an upstanding member of the community that was killed, so meanwhile,
1: the complex proteins that broke down into DNA fragments have been growing into a huge, huge thing and a tank in in medbay and yet even though it's macroscopic in a big way julian can't tell what kind of dna it has yet
0: (laughs) right it's grown into this this giant lump of flesh but he doesn't know what it is yet like hello um you only need a
1: single cell to find out what kind of dna it has
0: right so he at this point in the you know when with the mob there he shows up to reveal that the dead body wasn't Ibadan it was a clone and the new one they're growing they're going to allow it to be born and i'm thinking will he be born with memory or personality i mean or is it will be a blank slate i mean why yeah, are we this is an adult sized clone yeah yeah this is it, so in, you know there's, there's the science fiction trope of clones who are you know who who also apparently have the same memories and personality of the person that they've been cloned from that's that's a, that's a trope somewhat impossible sort of idea but okay but they're but they're well, going to allow this at person least to hard
1: was that at least hard you need to copy the memories somehow and then implant them
0: right which you know it's being star trek is probably you know just requires some computer fiddling and a tricorder so mm-hmm. uh and, and meanwhile the that cloaked bajoran the the shifty looking one he's looking out from the edge of the mob uh so don't want to forget him he's there uh and Odo shows up in, his, in that guy's quarters uh, of the old Bajoran guy um, in, on board that ship, who has no record of arriving on the station. And it's Ibudan, of course, in disguise. And Odo reveals that in prison, Ibudan had be- befriended a scientist who knew about cloning technology. And that's the, you know, the, the big thing. As uh, Odo says, killing your own clone is still murder. Which is one of the best
1: lines in the series, and one that I can fully get behind. Yes, yes. killing your clone is still murder.
0: Right, exactly. Uh, unlike uh, some movies, and uh, that we shall not name now. Uh, so, uh, no one from the mob apologizes to Odo. Yeah, that's very clear. Uh, Cisco wraps up the whole mystery in a log entry. That's we, we just kind of like, oh, and you know that that's all done, and we have a log entry from the captain, and that's the the end of that. And then we have the first day of school. Everyone's late, and we see Rom bring in Nog uh, to to school, and that's that's where we end.
1: Oh, and this is more paint-by-numbers writing, because to juice the drama in this scene, Keiko has revealed she's had no prior commitments other than Captain Sisko saying, or Commander at this point, Sisko saying he's going to send Jake to this school. Right. Nobody else has agreed to send their kid to this school. And everyone coincidentally shows up late. Right, and they come in one at a time, and and it just builds the drama with this kind of "it's a wonderful life" finale feeling. <laughs> except,
0: I've seen this before. I've had the T-shirt. This is paint by numbers writing. Right, right. This, yeah, they, they've. It's designed to elicit an emotional response and from the audience, and very very transparently. It's so not that's yeah not a great uh, way of doing that. This school, like I said, will become important uh, plot-wise at the end of that of the first season, and then we'll have. uh, Well, I don't want to you know talk too much about that. We'll talk about that when that when that shows up. So, uh, Jimmy, any other notes on this episode? Nope. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a pretty standard. You know, it's it serves two purposes. It it tells us more about the 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 people that we're gonna get to know on this in this uh, series, and then we have this. You know, murder mystery, which, like, like you, I figured out. You know, as soon as he found the medical experiment, the the bio sample container, and in true Star Trek fashion, we we knew uh, the resolution. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we do have some feedback. I want to go through on some yeah. uh, previous episodes, and uh, we love getting your feedback. And uh, so our first feedback comes uh, f- uh about episode sixty four, where we talked about discoveries. Context is for kings. This came from uh, Bennett Gillespie on Facebook. Bennett mm-hmm. says you mentioned Jason Isaac's accent. Uh, he has very much an, a South Southern American accent in this, uh, although he is not American. Um, he said uh, he Bennett says that Jason Isaac deliberately allowed a different accent to slip through or become pronounced at times of stress or jubilation. And he says, spoiler, sweetie, to complement his hidden depths. Too subtle for my English ears, but I've heard a linguist ask him about it at a talk, and was delighted that someone had noticed the extra efforts he put in. If you ever get a chance to hear him, he's a great raconteur. which hmm. uh, I would love to to hear him because I, yeah, I liked um, I liked him in in this uh, series. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for uh for anyone, including our editor Victor, who has is based on our talking about these first few episodes, has decided to watch the first season of discovery with his wife. So, Victor, oh, I don't want to okay. I don't want to spoil anything for you going forward, but uh but yes, it is um it, it, it I, I really like Jason Isaac in this.
1: Yeah, and in terms of what his accent is, it being from the south, my ear is more attuned to for me there is not one southern accent. There yes. are multiple different kinds of southern accents. And his strikes my ear as West Texas. Yes, It's not it's not strong, but it sounds more like West Texas than anything else.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I've, I've been exposed to my share of Texans, and uh, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, so, and then on our episode 61 on the Babylon 5 versus DS9 discussion that you had with Father Corey, Kelly Brown on Facebook writes, I've been a fan of DS9 from near the beginning of it being aired, but I've never watched Babylon 5. After listening to this podcast, I wanted to finally check it out. Thanks to Amazon Prime, I'm close to finishing out the first season. Even though though the CGI is very primitive, but cutting edge for the time, I'm getting hooked on the show because of the characters, and I love watching the storyline unfold. I now wish I watched the show when it first aired. I am a fan. Even though I'm over 20 years too late to the party, I will say I do enjoy DS9 more, I like the characters more, and I like the Trek universe better.
1: Uh Uh-huh. It, I'm glad you're enjoying that. And it, by the end of the first season, you only have a glimmer of where this is going. It, the <laughs> yeah. plot really blows up after that and goes in much bigger directions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, you're not too late. I frankly i i watched i've watched a handful of D, of Babylon Five episodes. I really need to get back into it and, and start watching it myself. Uh, so I'm so if you're not too late, I'm not too late. So. <laughs> Uh, and then on episode 65, where we discussed the original series' Enemy Within, Tammy on YouTube says, uh, I love the physical philosophical elements in this episode and enjoyed your exploration of that. Despite the plot holes, this remains one of my favorite TOS episodes. I think the Voyager episode Faces shares some elements when the seriously, seriously, she writes, creepy T- Vidian scientist kidnaps Torres and divides her Klingon half from her human side. In some ways, I think that eliminated some of the plot issues that The Enemy Within had, though I still favor the episode over the Voyager one. Oh, and I have to mention the scene in Galaxy Quest when they decide to beam up the pig lizard creature before testing the transporter on the captain only to have it arrive inside out, and it exploded. (laughs) So I love this original series reference there. Thanks again, guys. Great show. Well, thank you, Tammy. Yeah. Um yeah there is much to recommend the enemy within episode we've talked as we talked about uh, mm-hmm. despite whatever plot holes there are
1: and like a lot of the better star trek episodes it's a it's kind of a twilight zone episode in the 23rd century
0: yes yes so uh, as we finish out we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of star trek including Paul B William N Lisa P George O and Father Jason their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. That's it from us. What did you think of A Man Alone, this Deep Space Nine episode? Let us know by visiting sqpn.com slash trek or the StarQuest Facebook page. And you can also send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the Voyager episode, The Cloud. Until then, Jimmy Akin, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, I don't want years on my life if I can only eat steamed Asna. Sautéed, rolloped, fricasseed, fine, but not steamed.